Welcome to the My Chicago Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Rubin, and a little known fact about me is that I'm a certified health coach and a bit of a nutrition nerd. So I've always been a big fan of businesses that endorse and teach healthy eating habits, especially to the pickiest of eaters, kids, including mine. (laughs) The Kids Table at 2337 West North Avenue in Wicker Park teaches kids cooking classes and has been around for 14 years. It's a well-known business in the area. In this episode, Ellen Amar shares her story of shifting from her career as a tax lawyer to opening the kids' table and all of the roller coaster ups and downs she's endured, especially over the last year during the pandemic. She certainly embodies the spirit of an entrepreneur, weathering the storm and doing what it takes to keep the business open. She was so much fun to get to know, and I really hope you enjoy today's episode. Here it is. Thank you for taking the time to do this. I know you got a lot going on, but I've always been very curious to hear more about your story and diving into how this year has been. I bet it's been a bit of a challenge. It's been a roller coaster of a year for sure. Um, Very up and down, you know, which uh, I think if it's either down or up, you can kind of adapt right like yeah make either of those normal um you can kind of come back to a a place of stability and normalcy but um it's just been we haven't had that opportunity really because it's been so up and down I mean obviously right right after the pandemic started we closed everything down Mm -hmm. um And we didn't, we weren't really doing much initially because we weren't sure what was going to happen, how long it was going to last. Like, yeah, everybody was just kind of so. Who would have ever thought we would still be doing this a year later? I know. (laughs) I know. So, um, so we were doing some Facebook lives, you know, um, with, uh, you know, kind of like by donation, people Mm -hmm. would just donate if they enjoyed it, whatever. And uh, we'd always wanted to do virtual classes actually it had been on the to-do list like somewhere down here yeah like when you get to it yeah and and you think you know well you need all this special equipment and you you know there's just all this stuff to figure out and um once it became clear that uh this was going to continue we thought well all right let's just we're just going to try it um and actually I have to say we're probably a PPP success story because we did get a PPP loan. And uh, because of that, I I laid everybody off, but I brought everybody, well, most people back. Mm -hmm. We're like, all right, let's, let's try this virtual thing. And we just went full steam ahead with virtual. And we put up 13 weeks of virtual cooking camps for the summer and all these virtual classes. And it was kind of like an instant success. That's amazing. It was amazing. And we were cooking with people from all over the country. Really? Yeah. Like how very, were you able I mean, to I, pull them in? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I think we're just very, for some reason, we come up really high on the Google organic search results for That's like great. virtual for, for kids. Um, which I have no explanation for because we've never paid for search engine optimization. Um, we don't do any ads. So I think it's just the longevity, maybe like our web. we've been around for 14 years. So our website has that web longevity, which mm-hmm. my 
amateur understanding is that web crawlers <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And then after summer, we knew things were going to go down. Like, you know, we, we knew that our, um, level of busyness was going to decrease. Our camps were going to be over. So we we're going to have to rely on classes. We thought, well, hopefully, you know, we'll get books some school programs virtually and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it, we just like fell off a cliff after summer. Oof. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. So then we had to lay people off again and laying the same people off twice. Oh, that's got to be really, so hard. <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. But we had no choice. Mm-hmm. And I was this close to closing it all down. Oh. I would say in, um, yeah, end of September, I was so close. And actually, one of our longtime um, instructors, she's also our marketing manager, she convinced me to maybe just try to shrink it. Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't you just try to make it smaller and see? Was so, that when you closed the second location or was that? Okay. Yeah. So that was part of the. So then the decision was, okay, we're going to lay off half the staff and we're going to close one location permanently. And then we're going to see. And then uh, about three or four weeks later, I was back in the place of this close <laughs> It's <laughs> so close to um, ending it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason at that time that I decided not to was because we had some debt. We had customers who had given us money mm. for events, for future classes. And I thought, if we just shut it all down, like that's just doesn't feel like a good way to go out. Mm-hmm. You know, like, sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. It's over. We have no mm-hmm. money. Like I have nothing to give you. Mm-hmm. So I laid off our remaining manager, which meant that I had to take over all of her, um, custom, you know, she was doing all the customer inquiries oh, wow. books, all that and stuff. So, um, and as soon as she left, everything exploded again. Oh, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> what a roller coaster roller coaster. So, so at least I wasn't in the place where I was because for a a month or two, I was in a place where I was working my butt off and we had no money. And I was worried about how I was going to make payroll and stuff. Then the tables turned a little bit and we had, you know, money was coming in. Things were going really, really well, but I couldn't keep, I mean, I was working like 80 or 90 hours a week. And, um, so then the danger became not that we were going to run out of money, but that somebody was going to find me in a corner, like <laughs> sucking my thumb in the fetal position. Um, yeah. So, and, but then you're afraid to hire because. Right. Cause then you don't want to have to lay off a third time. Right? Exactly. So it really, so that's, it's been since mid November that things have been going incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did just hire someone, um, which is really exciting. So hopefully in the next several weeks, I'll have some, a little bit more normalcy for my schedule so that I don't go off the deep end. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
I can't even imagine. It's, it's crazy. And like now, you know, I'm what I was so busy doing it, I'm probably covered in various ingredients, but, uh, people want, uh, kits, ingredient kits sent to them. Oh, which we were saying no, no, no for a while Mm -hmm. for parties, right. For like Mm -hmm. private events. Mm -hmm. And I finally agreed to come up with a handful of recipes for big brother, big sister, we have a relationship with them and that was the only way we could do any programs for them this year is if we could ship kits to the, to the mentees in their program. So, and then other people are asking, so, so I'm like making 20 kits to ship to a family on the East coast for their party. Holy cow. I know. And we <laughs> shipped 34 banana chocolate chip muffin kits to California a couple weeks ago. It's <clears throat> Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why I just love entrepreneurs and was inspired to create this podcast just to give a platform to share your stories and like the incredible hoops that small business owners jump through to keep things going. And that's, that's incredible. All that you've been dealing with over this past year. Yeah, it's, um, Definitely an exercise in flexibility Mm -hmm. of spirit. I mean, I think all of us during COVID have had to really flex those flexibility muscles um, and do a lot of adapting. But yeah, from I think small business ownership, it requires a tremendous amount of flexibility anyway, like Mm -hmm. even outside of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But especially now. I mean, things are just changing so much and you don't know um, how your customer base is going to be changed because everybody's just going through so much and mm-hmm. there's so many variables and you just don't know how things are going to play out even from one week to the next. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> I'd love for you to start at the beginning and tell me the history of the business, how you came up with it, what the business looked like prior to everything getting shut down and uh, just a little bit about the services you provide. Sure. So um, I used to be a lawyer. Really? Uh, yes. <laughs> so I was a transactional tax lawyer. That's sexy. <laughs> totally. Very sexy. <laughs> and um, I did that for five years. I worked at a big firm uh, here in Chicago. And I just knew that it wasn't quite for me, you know, so I had what I like to call like a pre-midlife crisis. I was probably 30 at the time. Wow. And I just uh, felt that to continue down that road, the people that I worked with were amazing and they were all brilliant and they um, were all actually quite passionate about what they did, Mm. uh, transactional tax law. And they would like read tax journals in their spare time and whatnot. And I thought, no, it's just never going to be me. <laughs> right. Um, it's great for you, but it's just not me. And I read cooking magazines in my spare time. So I thought, how cool would it be if what I did for a living could match what I was actually interested in? Mm-hmm. And I had young kids at the time and I was very, I had grown interested beginning I would say when I was pregnant, I was I had grown interested in healthy eating, like what that meant, 
Mm -hmm. um, and how to get my kids to eat. So I started caring about what I put in my body and I thought, well, how do I get my kids to eat? Well, Mm -hmm. um, and I made all my baby food when my kids were little homemade baby food. And so initially when I was going to quit my job, I was going to do it to start a frozen organic baby food company. Hmm. That was the initial plan. Um, and that didn't exist at the time. Like now it, it does, but yeah. at the time it was just jars, right? Jars mm-hmm. or make your own. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't have the, I don't know, like inspiration, desire, time, right. whatever, know how to make their own. So I thought, how about giving them the next best thing? Like something that is homemade and frozen versus heat treated and, and canned jarred. Mm-hmm. So I had a business plan. I quit my job. That's what I was going to do. And then, um, I had a potential investor and he was pushing me on the projections and I'm like, I don't know. And I just abandoned it. Like I just Mm -hmm. decided, I don't know, something was stopping me from pushing forward with it. Mm -hmm. So I regrouped and, uh, somebody suggested I teach people how to make baby food. And I thought that's kind of cool, but it's such a short little window. Yeah. Customer acquisition. You have to do it like constantly for that. Right. Over and over again. Exactly. So, you know, I never would have used the phrase customer acquisition at that time. So I didn't know enough about anything then, but, uh, (laughs) but you're right. I knew it didn't seem like the best idea. So my kids went to Montessori Mm -hmm. and I saw that they were much more likely to eat something if they help make it. Mm. They do a lot of practical life stuff in Montessori school. Mm -hmm. So I thought, and actually one of my, my, my kids, both of them, but especially one of them ended up being pretty picky, even though he never had a, you know, anything but homemade baby food. So it's like, obviously that's not the answer. It's mm-hmm. not like the magic bullet. So I thought, what about this idea of teaching kids how to doing kids cooking classes mm-hmm. as a way to engage them around food in a positive way mm-hmm. and make it more likely that they'll eat what they make and be more open-minded about food in general. So I was going to do that. And in the back room, (laughs) can you tell I'm an overachiever? (laughs) I was going to set up a a mini baby food making little facility. Oh yeah. Right. Like you didn't want to completely abandon that idea since you'd already (laughs) done so much work. Right. (laughs) I know I wasn't. So then um, luckily right before I bought the expensive equipment to do that, I went to Sedona, Arizona with one of my girlfriends and I didn't even in one of the vortexes you'd had the, the... you know what? Didn't even know that about Sedona. Really? Like literally (laughs) didn't know that that, that was supposed to be, you know, no, no idea. But on the flight back, I just turned her and I said, I'm not doing the baby food. And she was like, I said, no, she's like, maybe you should think about it. I was like, no. And I listed like 25 reasons. And she was like, okay, so done forget the baby food. I let it go. And then it just became a, so again, flexibility, like this, my whole story started with like so much changing and shifting. And so we, we opened in 2007 in uh, Wicker park at the time where we are, it's North Avenue, just East of Western. It's really still a little dicey, a, a little dicey. Yeah. There was a doggy day spa across the street. So that gave me some hope that, <laughs> that, that it was going to be okay. It's still yeah. there by the way. Um, and, uh, I really had no idea what I was doing 
which I think was a good thing in a way, because all I was doing was just one step at a time. Like I didn't know enough to know the big picture. And if Mm -hmm. I had, it probably would have been so overwhelming that I never would have done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So I was just, it was just like one bite at a time, just Mm -hmm. slowly making my way, figuring things out as, as they came up. And that's what we did. And like, we didn't even think about doing summer camps. And that first year, somebody was like, are you going to do camps? I was like, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Want to give me some money to do that? Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Birthday parties. We had no, we were like, yeah, maybe we'll do a few a month. But birthday parties became huge. It's like, okay, you know, sure. Mm -hmm. We'll do, we'll do birth after school programs. School calls us. Will you do this? Oh yeah. Okay. Never thought about that, but yeah, that's a great idea. (laughs) So pre-pandemic, you were doing all of those things. Is that just the the classes, after school, parties? Yep. School. Yeah. Um, right. After school enrichment programs, school field trips, school to come to us oh, as well. Cool. Very cool. Um, working with um, a lot of uh, nonprofits like Big Brother, Big Sister to, um, and other organizations like uh, Magic After School uh, program which was great because it allowed us to bring our programs to, you know, lesser served communities Mm -hmm. um, in partnership with organizations that raise money. It's like Mm -hmm. perfect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And in 2015, we opened the second location in Lakeview. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I also brought on one of our longtime employees. She had been with us practically since the beginning as a partner in the business. And uh, that was great. But, you know, going from one little location with a handful of employees to two locations with 15, 18 employees. That's a lot. It's big, a big, it, it, it was, it was major. It was a major change. And honestly, we didn't, um, we didn't set it upright. Like you need at that point, you can't just wing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. There's too many people involved. They're not all in the same place. You need like processes, mm. <laughs> procedures. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what we do is very touchy feely and it's, it's very personal mm-hmm. and so it's hard to develop processes and procedures for it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's not it could, because if you just give somebody a script to do what we do, it's not going to be the same. Yeah you're going to lose a lot of what makes what we do special mm-hmm. because it's, it's a mix of, of course, there's our way of doing things, but the instructor has to bring themselves to it and their passion for what we do mm-hmm. and their skills and their specific. I mean, that's what makes it so great. So it was, we didn't even know what was wrong at first, but there was definitely something wrong. It was hard. It was hard to manage it all. And I didn't know why. And I realized several years later that it was this lack of, of processes, mm. you know, communication breakdowns. It's like, well, I never knew I had to do that, but I'm sure I told you, but I don't have actually any dot. Like I can't say that I told you because I don't right. have anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is this tough. So we still don't quite have all that figured out. Cause we were in the process of figuring it all out when the pandemic hit, we were like getting all these processes and procedures into place. Mm-hmm. And then it all, you know, guys oh. were <laughs> trying to figure out what we had. It all came crashing down, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Like everybody asked me if I was upset when Lakeview closed and I was like, 
No. I mean, probably a part of you. (laughs) Part of me, maybe, but it's just, you know, it was just so clearly the right answer Mm -hmm. at the time. It was what we had to do. So there's no point in a way in being upset about it. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of like looking forward to what we have, which is, yay, we still have one location. We have this, you know, growing virtual business, which is like its own whole separate business. Mm -hmm. And now we're back in that place of trying, we're actually growing again in a way and trying to figure out how to adapt that policy and procedure philosophy to our virtual world Mm, to make mm -hmm. sure that all of our virtual instructors are on the same page, know what, you know, Mm -hmm. putting out quality programming every single time, you know? Yeah. Well, I love your business. We've, I've sent my kids there a few times and we, um, we always gift an experience to our families for the holidays. And we did uh, a, a cooking experience at the kids table one year. So, um, and I've always appreciated the little cooking booths that you have at the street fairs, mm-hmm. um, giving the kids an opportunity to get a little hands-on snack and, you know, try some healthy food. So I bet that that was challenge not having that exposure this year. Yeah. I mean, street fest, uh, farmers markets, we, we, we would do mm. the same thing in partnership with a lot of farmers markets. And um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a way to showcase very directly what we do that we that we did lose out on at the moment. But to be honest, how much of a difference that made, I couldn't even tell you because it's so hard to know as a small business owner, or maybe I'm just not good at it, how people actually are finding you, yeah. like how effective are your different strategies. Mm-hmm. We're getting out in front of people. And yeah, I, I mean, we don't have that. Was that a factor? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That would be a hard thing to quantify. I mean, I'm sure a lot of marketing and advertising and events and things that you do, you just never really <laughs> know. But um, so what's the current state of affairs? Obviously, you're continuing the virtual classes and you're doing some of these kits. Are you doing in person? You know, we are not currently doing in person. We did do in small in person summer camps last summer mm-hmm. at our Lakeview location, um, and we tried in the fall to do some small in person classes, uh, which is another thing that just didn't. We thought, oh well, if that takes off in Lakeview, and it just didn't. Mm-hmm. We had one class that was very well attended. The other ones, it was like two people, three people. It's like you can't. You can't sustain can't on that. Do that. Yeah. So um, for that reason, we have not yet opened our Wicker Park location. Um, It's a mix of pandemic concerns, just in general, general health and safety of our customers, of our staff. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it's a big staffing problem. Like for us to open in person, we'd have to hire more people. Will it work? Will people actually come? Will enough people come to support the people that we hired and trained to start doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, and right now to me, I think, I bet a lot of people are struggling with that. Like people think that it's just the government and the restrictions that are keep holding small businesses back, but it's more than that because you just, it's the uncertainty and not knowing if customers are ready for it, if they feel safe, if they, you know, that's the problem. Like Mm -hmm. technically we could be open right now, but I'm just not ready to do it quite yet. Yeah, that's understandable. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people who wouldn't be comfortable, especially with what you do with eating and you have to take your mask off for that unless you package it up and send it home, which kind of isn't, you know, the eating is a part of the experience. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. And, you know, now that restaurants are open again and capacity is growing for that, we did, we're definitely getting calls. I mean, there are people who want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, at this point, I think boils down to a, when can we do it? And it is where it's not me doing it <laughs> because that's yeah. the thing is right now it would be like, I would have to do it. And there's no way that I can do it on top of the other stuff that I'm doing. So yeah, definitely um, sounds like you have your hands full. <laughs> yes. yes. But I know for sure that we're going to be open. Well, huh, for sure. As sure as one can know anything right now, right. That we're going to be open for summer camp. Okay, good. So definitely by early June, we're going to plan on being open and possibly before, um, you know, I could see us maybe opening in May, you know, if I had to predict maybe late April and maybe we might open first for just private events, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and not actually try to do scheduled classes. That's what really gets you is when you have, when you, when you open something up and you're booking staff and not sure if people are going to come. Or yeah. Not. Mm-hmm. So might hold off on that for a little bit longer. Yeah. Such a guessing game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Knowing what's going to happen, but we've covered so much ground. Is there anything else that we haven't that you'd like to share? Oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I just feel, I mean, I definitely feel very fortunate. You know, I think that so many people are struggling so much right now. And as, as challenging as the last year has been, um, it's also been amazing. Like a, we're still here Mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah, we closed a location. Yes. We, you know, unfortunately had to say goodbye to some of our staff (laughs) twice in some situations Mm -hmm. at various points, but, uh, but we're still here. And not only that, um, I myself find that I have a renewed love for the kids table, you know, after mm-hmm. 14 years, I feel like I kind of fell in love with it again because yeah, I great. think things can get stale, mm-hmm. like just like in relate personal relationships. I mean, I think in a way it's actually very similar mm-hmm. um, and you can kind of um, stop appreciating something and I think my spark for the kids table had uh, dwindled a little bit Mm -hmm. and basically like I had to find it again in order to do what I had to do. Right. Like the only way I could dig deep and keep digging deeper is if there was a reason Mm -hmm. and not a reason. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, I have to make a living. I have to pay more, you know, whatever there's, there's, practical reasons like that, but the real reason has to be something deeper, Mm -hmm. you know, more profound. And what I've seen, the, the meaning that we have given people at this time, like the feedback we're getting from our families, how much of a difference our programs have made in in their kids' lives Mm. during the pandemic. It's like so great. You know, like I never would have thought that virtual cooking would 
could be so fun, could be so engaging. And it is, and it's giving people some joy at a time when, you know, that's kind of hard to come by. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I could sit here and and whine about, you know, how hard I've worked or whatever, but honestly, like I feel I'm very grateful. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say I'd be grateful too, with all that you've gone through and the twists and turns and still keeping it afloat. So that's amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, sure. Thank you. This was great. I love talking to you and hearing your story. You're, you're a fighter and I love that. Oh, thank you. It was really (laughs) great talking to you. How fun was Elena? She is such a great conversation that we had. So since we didn't get a chance to discuss the business nominations in the interview, Elena sent them to me via email. I thought I'd share them with you. The first nomination is A Little Photo Studio with owner Melissa Salvatore. They're located at 2868 North Lincoln Avenue, and it's a photo studio and event space. And I actually had attended an event there many years ago, and it is a really cool space. I've also checked out their pictures on their social media and their website, and they do really great work with kids and families, so definitely check them out. Easel Art Studio is Elena's second nomination with Carrie Warner. They're located at 1911 North Milwaukee Avenue, and it's an art studio for kids. And my kids actually had taken a couple classes there, just one-offs, and they had so much fun. And the final nomination is Pear Tree Preserves with Susie Kirkwood. Uh, It's homemade jams and jellies made fresh with locally grown produce and natural ingredients. And we're not sure if Susie is still selling her preserves at farmer markets in the area, but want to give a shout out to her. Also, just wanted to let you know that we record this episode back in early March and Elena is excited to announce that they are currently growing their team, have since reopened for in-person classes and events, and will have summer camp starting June 7th. Additionally, they're still offering virtual cooking classes, so be sure to check out their offering at kids-table.com. And you can also get more details on my website, mychicagopodcast.com forward slash kids-table, and on my social pages on Instagram and Facebook at mychicagopodcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.